Amen. The book of Jeremiah, chapter number 6. And we're going to be reading a few short verses, and then we'll have you be seated again. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse number 16. It says it like this. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein? And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. In verse 17 says, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words nor to my law, but rejected it. To what purpose cometh there to me incense from Sheba, and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. And just for a few moments this morning, I'm going to preach or talk about this topic, the old paths. The old paths. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Amen. God's word is already anointed. We've already prayed many times. We're going to we're going to trust the Lord to move here this morning. Amen. In chapter six of the book of Jeremiah, we read of the man of God in the spirit of prophecy, seeing the Chaldean army on its march towards the people of God. This is the setting, this is the environment in which Jeremiah chapter 6 was written. Uh, Jeremiah the prophet advises the people of God to set up the usual signals of distress and to spread the alarm to ready themselves to take flight into safety when the Chaldean army would make its advancement towards the city of Jerusalem or the people of God. The city of Jerusalem, uh, as they found out, was singled out by the Chaldean army as a place that was getting ready to be plundered by the uh, Chaldean army. The scripture reveals that God, uh, as we read even a moment ago, uh, God was directing the Chaldean besiegers against this Guilty city of Jerusalem, which had lived a life of incessant sin. Amen. Continuous, continual sin. And Jeremiah writes that this one invasion would carry away the remains of another until their disobedience and their hypocrisy and the other sins would end in their total overthrow of the city of Jerusalem. And in verse number 19, amen, the writer Jeremiah, amen, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, tells us that uh, the whole world or the earth would witness this preceding judgment of God upon the Israelites, uh, the Jewish people, the Hebrew nation, amen. And this was the setting that we find Jeremiah chapter 6 written in. Amen. A place of time in which uh, the Hebrews were not living right. Uh, They were living in a life of sin. uh, And the Bible says that God began to bring judgment upon uh, the the people of God for their uh, incessant sin and their continual sin. In verse number 16, however, the prophet Jeremiah declared A great national calamity is at hand. He said, Amen. Stand ye in the ways and see. And ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. Amen. One translation 
says it like this. Make inquiries. Stand in the ways and ask the passers-by. Your country was once prosperous and blessed. Try to learn what were the paths trodden in those days which led your ancestors to happiness. And then choose those ways and walk earnestly therein and find thereby rest for your souls. Hallelujah. I, I do consider myself still to be a young man. Amen. Not uh, uh, somewhat middle-aged or, or an old person or older, elderly, whatever you want to uh, classified as amen but there is in the heart of this young man uh, here today a desire to follow the old paths amen that led us to this place and to where we are today amen there are many of people that would rise amen through the process of time and they would tell uh, the people of God that you can disregard this practice and let go of that doctrine and relinquish your conviction, amen, to live for God in a holy manner, amen. But there is a way, amen, that has been ordained by the Lord. And there is an old path, amen, that this church, amen, should find its footsteps walking in the old paths. It's not always the new and the flashy it's not always the bright lights and the smoke in the mirrors that should be the thing that captures our attention. But it should be the old paths. We should look for the well-worn paths of our ancestors and those that have gone before us. And not try to minimize the conviction of future generations. And say, look at their funny duddy convictions and look at their uh, their things that really don't make sense and why do they have these convictions and why do they subscribe to certain lifestyles of living amen there have been walls that have been erected there have been trails that have been blazed because there would come a day there would be a time when you would not be able to distinguish the right from the left and there would come a day such as the day in which we live when right would be called wrong and wrong would be called right and if it had not been amen for an elder saint saint of god if it had not been for somebody that blazed the trails before you you would not have a compass knowing how to please the lord and how to serve the lord Amen. Allow me for a few moments on this Sunday morning to simply echo the voice of our bishop and bishop's wife. Amen. As we preach, amen, the word of the Lord today. The word of God says in Jeremiah, stand in the ways. In other words, there will be a crossroads that you will find yourself in. And I began looking up this word and, and trying to make a little bit more sense of it than what's on the surface. And it literally means to take a stand. Amen. To stand in a, in a place of crossroads and just stop for a moment and observe some things. Take a stand for what's right. Amen. It is, it is okay to take a stand for what is right yes. and it is okay to be the be the different one in the entire room that you're in it is okay to be different it is okay to be holy it is okay to be a little bit of passion in your convictions and in your walk with the Lord hallelujah we live in a day in which people are so busy, amen, that there's no time for prayer. But I'm going to tell you today, it's okay to remember. And I still remember my daddy and my mommy teaching me, a son, when it comes time for church, you need to get there at least 30 minutes early for prayer. Amen. And we can minimize it and say, well, I'm busy and i got lots of things going on. But it's okay to find an old path because if it hadn't been for dinner, tell me about 30 minutes 
path. It's an old path, amen, that future generations have blazed for us. And it was the older generation that taught us, amen, to fast. That word fast has become a bad word in our day in which we live. Because there are so many food choices in our world. And as Americans, we love to eat. I'm guilty. I love to eat. I try to behave myself, but the last few weeks I've kind of pushed Costa to the wind. And I'm saying I'm enjoying the holidays, Sister Felicia. I'm going to eat everything I see. And I'll start fasting in 2020 because it's going to be a good year. But that word fasting, we start to cringe and hide. Oh, man, is it that time again, faster? Fasting? Please don't make us commit to a day. Because everybody knows that we're not fasting. And that word fasting has become a bad word. But it's still an old path that mom and dad, that our ancestors, the pioneers of Pentecost have taught us about fasting. And we don't, it's something that, you know, even in, the, in, the, in healthcare, they're, they're, they're talking about fasting, but we'd, we'd rather have us a doctor that tells us a little, take this pill. Don't ask me to fast. Well, I don't want to, give me a different prescription. Prescribe something different for me. But fasting is still, amen, apostolic. It's still book of Acts. It's still the thing that brings down the power of God. Amen. And I'm going to tell someone today, amen, there ought to be a time in your weekly schedule that you have, you push aside a meal or two. There ought to be, amen, some times during the year when you say, I'm going to just give a few consecutive days to fasting and prayer. Amen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it today. There ought to be some times in your in your quarter, in your three month time period where you say I'm gonna just fast a little bit longer than I used to do because I've got to hear, I've got to feel after God. Amen. The the, the trail of fasting is an old well worn path, and it's brought many a people through hurts, through challenges. Through trials, it's brought many of people through difficult situations. Yes, amen. And we don't like that well-worn path of fasting. We want a shortcut. We want a, a new path. Tell me a different way, Pastor, to get where I need to get. But don't tell me about that old well-worn path. Amen, honey. It's time for somebody to begin. Amen. Pushing aside. Amen. Self-gratification. And fast. And seek the Lord. And call upon His name. It's still a good thing to fast and pray. It's still a good thing to fast and pray. Stand in the way. Stand ye in the ways and see. We can get so busy and we can make very quick, hasty decisions if we're not careful. We're, we're all guilty of, of uh, making those things. We all find it very easy to make quick and hasty decisions. But to the people of God, as the Chaldean army is marching uh, uh, towards the city of Jerusalem, the prophet Jeremiah says, stand in the ways and look. And look for the old past. What does it say? Have it on the screen, Sister Gina, Jeremiah, the scripture we're talking about. Ask for the old past. Where is the good way? Walk therein. You know, it would do Every saint of God, a lot of good. From time to time, find Bishop, Sister Camry in a corner there and say, what was it like when you came to the Lord? You, your, your mind would be blown. Your eyes would be open. You need to do that. Corner them. Find my dad. 
find Sister Camarena. What was it like when you came to the Lord? And they'll tell you. You know, when I came to the Lord, and I'm just going to tell a little bit, when they came to the Lord. My mom came to the Lord in a Red Hot Revival service. How, how frequent was it, Sister Camarena? How frequent was the revival services when you came to the Lord? Every night for six weeks. Every night for six weeks. If my math is correct, it's 42 days straight in church. See, that's, that's not necessary. I'm busy. <clears throat> I'm tired. But it was because of those things that helped my mom and my dad to get grounded, to get established in truth. And there wasn't time to go out into the world and fool around and be tempted again. They were constantly at church. That's an old path. That's an old path, being in the house of God. And we can admire that. And we can say, wow, that was beautiful. But what about Monday night prayer meeting? We call it Monday night prayer. <clears throat> what about an extra night of service during the week? That would be called from time to time. You can feel that right now. We want the old paths. Well, a lot of times we just want to hear about the old paths. But we don't want to walk in the old paths. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Ask for the old paths. That's what I'm talking about. Find a bishop, Sister Camarena. What was it like? What thing? What, what, what was it like living for God back then? Tell me about the old paths. Tell me about things you gave up, things that you committed to the Lord. Ask for the old paths. Ask them, where is the good way? Which is the best way to live this life? What's the, what's the right way to live? Look for the old paths. But the, the prophet Jeremiah does not stop with just saying those words. He does not stop with just saying, stand in the way and see and look for the old paths. Ask for the old paths. Amen. And on all of these things, where is the good way? But the, the writer, the prophet Jeremiah says those three words, amen, that hits us all right, square between the eyes. He says, and walk therein. Amen. It ought not to be just something that tickles our ears and we reflect back and say, oh, amen. Uh, look at the old timers and how they live for God. But the Bible says, ask, look for the old paths. Look for the old paths. Ask for them. Where is a good way? And then walk therein. Walk therein. As we move into 2020, there's going to be a return, if you will, if I can say it like that, to some old paths. As we begin 2020, we're going to be starting from January 1st through January 21st, 21 days of prayer and fasting. God's going to move in this place. God's going to have his way. There's going to be a touch of the Holy Ghost in this in this church. Amen. Uh, there's going to also be uh, regular, ongoing, uh, twi once to twice a month, Saturday outreach and evangelism. Amen. We're going to be uh, working this neighborhood, working this city, reaching out into our world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You want to talk about some old paths. It's... Old-fashioned evangelism still works. 
There's something to be said about a church that just gets out there and just witnesses to people and, and knocks doors or invites friends and family members to church. You say, well, uh, I, I can't uh, I can't make it on Saturday outreach every time you have it because I have pre-planned events. Amen. Take a stack of one a days from the front table uh, here in church and purposely in your heart take them and invite one person a day to church. Maybe uh, along with the New Year's resolution that we make for the new year. Maybe in addition to losing 20 pounds or saving another $5,000 or getting a new job or new car. Maybe along the path of writing New Year's resolutions, a resolution you might have is God help me next year for every single day of the year, 365 days, amen, to invite one person to church. God, every day of 2020, help me to invite one person to church every day. Maybe along the, 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 the road, the old path, amen, you begin to ask the old timers what worked back then and what kinds of things did you involve yourself in and do, amen, what was the catalyst for revival? And they would tell you, amen, it was old-fashioned, search for truth, whole Bible studies. I know because I sat in countless of them with my mom as a boy and I taught many more as an adult amen it's still old fashioned bible studies breaking the bread of life and teaching from the word of God amen maybe a resolution you make in your mind is in 2020 I'm going to dust off the old bible study chart I'm going to get out my bible study and I'm going to begin teaching I'm going to post on Craigslist I'm going to post on offer up I'm going to post fires in Starbucks. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. I'm going to tell friends and family I'm open for business. I'm available to teach a Bible study free of charge. The old past. The old past. God help me to teach a Bible study. You say, Pastor, I don't have a Bible study chart. I've never taught a Bible study before. Amen. I'll tell you how simple it could be. It could be as simple, amen, as taking notes during a preaching like this one and just teaching your notes, amen, to somebody that's never heard about Jesus and begin to open the Bible and teach them from the word of the Lord. Amen. Walk the old paths. Walk the old paths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord has not left any lack of instruction and warning. He has marked out for his people the way of salvation in the history of ancient times. Verse 16 and 17 gives us uh, six, six different things that we need to do. Amen. To heed the voice of God. The first one is stand in the ways. The second one is with your eyes begin to observe. Amen. Take special note of what is happening and why it's happening and understand the reasoning behind it. Why is God allowing things to happen in my life, in my life and in the land in which I live? Amen. Can I hear the voice of a man of God such as the prophet Jeremiah telling me what's happening, what I need to do? Amen. It's seething. Amen. And the third thing is ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? The fourth thing is to walk therein. The fifth thing is you're going to have some rest for your souls. And finally, uh, the last thing is the, the heat which we must give to the watchman on the wall. Amen. The pastor, the one that fills this pulpit. I'm talking about myself and, and every other evangelist that stands behind this pulpit and declares a sure word of the Lord. Amen. There ought to be a pastor. Help me to be saved. What must I do? Amen. To do the will of God. What do I got to do? What steps must I take? The mission of the watchman. They are, they are appointed by God. I did not wake up one day and simply say, I'm called of God. I did not wake up one day and say, I think I'll just uh, see if I can assume the pastor of my father's church. 
I did not wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to preach. Why not? It was not self-appointed. Amen. But for me, it happened as a 12-year-old boy in a youth service in Stockton, California. In the middle of 150 young people in a youth service on a Wednesday night. And the man of God went directly to where I was and pulled me out from that pew and brought me to the altar and began to speak words into my life and began to pray over me. And I felt the Holy Ghost sweeping over me. And it was confirmed many times. I'm not a self-appointed individual. Amen. God has appointed me. Amen. And by the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In 2020, ALC Lathrop, amen, Abundant Life Center of Lathrop will be, amen, the church, amen, that God has called it and designed it and destined it to be. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, amen, we're going to work together, amen, shoulder to shoulder, we're going to lock arms, and by the help of the Holy Ghost, we will see, amen, revival that has our name upon it. But God raises up prophets and preachers and teachers of righteousness. And unless they have a divine call, they are usurping a position to which they have no right. There are individuals in this world today that declare themselves to be the Messiah. There are individuals in this world today that state that they are the chosen one. There are other people in this world that have been self-appointed, amen, not by God, but by self. And they say, well, if he can be the pastor, I can be a pastor. I'll just start me a church. I'll just start me a, a little gathering here and and I believe that somehow we're going to have a great thing happen but unless God is in it amen it's going to come to to naught it will be an abject failure but if God is in it amen I said if God is in it if God is in it all things are possible all things are possible hallelujah and God is in it God is in what we're doing. God is in what we're doing today. God is taking note of what's happening right now. God's watching everyone's progress. Everyone's involvement. He's watching what you give, what you take, what you do when you're here and when you're not here. The mission of the watchmen, they are also there to observe what is going on, what is happening around them. The mission of the watchman is to watch uh, what is happening around them. The prophets are seers of spiritual truths and observers of events of history in the light of those truths. Amen. And they are able to discern approaching dangers. The, uh, the, uh, the Christian teachers must not be wrapped up in just abstract truths, but they must see the application of this. They must note the condition and the needs of men and be able to discern the signs of the times. Amen. In Old Testament times, the prophets were even political leaders and they were involved in the direction of the land. They were involved in every area, every area of the people's lives. They taught them how to eat and how to dress and how to speak and how to do certain things and how to know the Lord and how to treat their neighbor and how to, how to dress themselves and behave themselves. They taught the people how to think. They, they instructed the people in every area of their life. That was the watchman. Not in 2019, but B.C. In A.D. That's just how it's been. That's the way that God has designed it to be. Talking about some old paths. So it would be very easy for us to say, well, who does a pastor think he is? Telling me how to dress. Who does a pastor think he is telling me where I can and can't go? Who does a pastor think he is telling me how to even think? It's not me. It's from the word of the Lord. It's saying this is what I see in the word of the Lord. This is what God has revealed to us. And it's backed by the word of the Lord. There's scriptural precedent. And the watchman on the wall. The prophet Jeremiah says, stand away. See. Don't enter into things with your eyes closed, but enter into things with your eyes open. What 
is God wanting to do? There was probably a young person just right now that stood in that city of Jerusalem as the Chaldean army marched in. And that young person probably stood around and said, what is happening? Dad, Grandpa, Mom, Dad. Why, why is this happening? I'm sure that young person didn't ask another young person. I'm sure that young person right now went and found an old elderly statesman gentleman. What's happening right now? Sweetheart, this is because as a people, we've let go of some things. We've walked away from some truths. And the Bible says that God will judge us. And what you're seeing is a, is a judgment of the Lord. Really? Yeah. What we got to do? What's the best way? Where's the good way? How do I live this life? And when you get the answer, the response from, amen, a saint of God, a minister, don't just take it in one ear and out the other and say, yeah, whatever. But the Bible says, walk therein. Take that word. Bishop, stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Find, find that elder statesman, the gentleman. Which way do we go? This way. Which direction do I go? Do we go right? Do we go left? Which way do we go? This way. I'm just going to follow the leading of that old generation. Which way do I go? This way. The altar. What do I do when I get to the altar? We pray and seek the Lord. We cry out to the Lord. I'm not asking him why. I'm saying, show me. Let's do it together. Let's walk in the old paths. Mom, what was it like when you first came to God? What consecration? What did you have as you lived the life? Show me again. Mom, what was it like when you came to God? How did you pray? How did you serve the Lord? How did you evangelize? Let's do it again. Show me. What this church needs more than ever is some, I'll say it like this, some older saints to lead them and to guide them. Brother Paul, what the youth group needs is some older people to come behind the young people and say, such a Sade, this is what it takes to live God. This is how you overcome you say, well, I just lost a loved one. My life is hard, it's confusing, I, I, I'm, I'm broken. How do I get through this? This is how. And that's where Sister Gina comes in and says, baby girl, we get the Holy Ghost. And we pray. Well, why don't the answers, Mom? Son, we just pray. We, we just ask the Lord. We, we walk and we trust in Him. What's the old past? I don't want to just find some, some new Johnny coming lately to say, hey, this is a cool way to do things. I want to find the old path. When, my, when, when I was a young boy, Brother Joshua, when we were in some of these things, the churches were involved. And dare we say it all that for me. Same thing. I love, I love food and I love sleep. Two things I love. I love food, I love sleep. But you said, oh, my prayer? Yeah, it worked for us. How do you do that? Because I have that. That's going to be the response of some young people. Just come along, get involved, and watch. I'm talking about some old paths you can take. I don't have answers for every problem you have in your life. I can't tell you exactly what to do at each given point of your life. But I can tell you to find a place to pray. Get on your face before. What was it, what was it like to lay prostrate on the floor for hours talking to God? 
Well, did it really take that? Yeah. It took that and more. It took me finding a place to pray. It took me turning my clock backwards so I couldn't see the time. Young people, it's going to take you putting your, turning your phone off, putting it somewhere in your room, hiding it from yourself, yes. and praying. Yes, the Hallelujah. old path. It's going to take you, amen, pushing aside some things. There, there were so many times, Brother Josh, we grew up together. There were so many times I, we heard people break up from their boyfriend or their girlfriend because they wanted to, many times, to quote unquote, draw close to the Lord. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with drawing closer to the Lord. And saying, you know what? I'll date when I'm ready to marry. I'll date when I'm ready for a family. But until then, I'm going to get a hold of God. We can make, it's easy for young people to get so caught up in getting a boyfriend, getting a girlfriend, getting married, and all of these things. And those are good things. But you know what? While I'm here in this time in my life, what if I'm not ready for that spouse that God has for my life? What if I just need to get along with Jesus and say, God, work on me? I began as a young person praying this prayer, God, you got a wife out there ready for me. Not knowing it would be such a shed. And I prayed, God, I want you to prepare her for me. And that was my, that was my selfishness. Yes. God, there's a wife out there for me. Not a husband, God forbid. I rebuke that. No, a wife out there for me. Prepare her for me. Hallelujah. And then I began to mature a little bit more. And I said, wait a minute, God. What if she comes into my life and I'm not ready for her? So I began to pray, God, prepare me for her. Prepare me for that woman that's going to come into my life. That I'm able to take care of her and treat her well. I'm not even on my notes anymore, but I'm just talking. We have to go back to what makes us at the core of our existence, apostolic. Christians. Believers. God, what does it take to be saved? I've been, I've seen the treasure chest of a church. And I've seen bags full of jewelry in the church treasury. Things that the church didn't keep it for monetary reasons. It kept it for testimonial purposes. Because there were services back in those days when people would get conviction and the Lord would speak to them. And they would take jewelry out of their ears off of their body and lay it on an altar and give it to the Lord. And it was a testimony of the convictions that God put upon people. I I remember a service where a young person came to the Lord on a a midweek service, I believe it was. And he walked to the altar. And on the altar, he placed his marijuana, his pipe, his drugs. He laid it on the altar. He said, there it is, God. It's yours. It's yours. I'm not picking it back up again. I'm not going to walk away no more. God, it's yours. There has been so many times people have come to the altar and said, God, I'm laying some things down at your feet. I'm laying it down. I remember as a kid going to you and seeing young people back when CDs were being purchased and used. Now we have, you can't do it anymore. It's MP3 files and whatever else. There was a youth camp where the people, the young people, bought all their CDs that were worldly music. 
all of their CDs that uh, did not glorify the Lord. And they took that, all the music, the even tapes back then, and they, they made a pile at youth camp. They put it on the altar. And they said, God, I'm giving to you. I'm giving up those things that I held dear to before the Lord. And I'm laying them on the altar. And when people did those things, God gave them victory. Because what they didn't realize was those things had a hold on them. And God was saying, just let go. Just let go. I'm talking about today some old paths that God is saying. Ask an elder statesman, an elder saint of God, what are the old paths? Let's find those ways. Because as that that young Hebrew child in the city of Jerusalem on, on the day of the invasion from the Chaldean army looked around and said, why is this happening? What is happening? What is going on? There was a voice of the prophet Jeremiah that told them what to do. He didn't give them specific things and say, well, you need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to throw this out and get this. And he just said, find you an old saint of God and ask them. Look for those ways and then walk in it. There's victory that happens when we take those steps we take the time. The course of life should be determined after thoughtful deliberation. Jeremiah is to stand in the ways and see. It is foolish to go without the multitude, without individual convictions of what is right. It is foolish to go with the multitude. Amen. Without individual convictions of what is right. Or to follow our own private impulses blindly and aimlessly. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. What God reveals to you in the light. What God reveals to this church in the light. Don't question it in the night. When, when God is moving in an apostolic church and you feel the glory come down and God convicts you, God speaks to you and you move forward in deliverance and victory. Amen. In the moment of darkness, in a moment of weakness, don't go back and pick up what you lay down, but allow God to take you forward, forward, forward so that you never have to deal with the issues bound previous generations. Amen. But live for God's work in the old past. Stand in the ways and see. Stand in the ways and see. And ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? In the name of Jesus, God help us to have been tested by experience. We'll choose for us a guide, one who has already traversed the country. If I'm going to a wilderness and unknown territory, I'm saying, find me an old man that knows his path like the back of his hand. 
If I'm in uncharted territory, I want me a guide that knows the territory. If I set out living for the Lord, I want to find me a saint of God that's lived for the Lord for decades and still has a sweet disposition and still has convictions and still loves the Lord. In an unknown land, we naturally turn to beaten tracks and preference to following straight footprints all across the wild or striking out for ourselves a pathless way. If I'm in the, the great wilderness, I'm looking for that. What's that well-worn path? I'll just stay on the main trail. Thank you very much. I'm not getting off and doing my own thing. I'm staying on that old path. Yes. And if others have done rough pioneer work, why should we avail ourselves of it? If they have reached the goal, they have proved that it is attainable by their way. So I leave you with these words today. Let's get back to the teachings of the apostles and Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Let's get back to the old past. The old past. Let us take some time right now and talk to the Lord. Come on, I want someone to just close their eyes and lift up your hands to the Lord. God wants to speak to us this morning. Come on, I want us to just lift up our hands. Close your eyes. Ready yourselves. Come on, I need some folks to help me lift up their voices this morning. Come on, God's speaking this morning. He's speaking this afternoon to somebody in this place. I'm inviting somebody to join me at the altar area for a time of prayer. That's old-fashioned, yeah. It's an old path. Come on, I'm inviting. This this altar area is open for folks that would like to find an old path. Come on, I'm going to tell you today, the altar is an old path that's well-worn with the feet of many a people that have found their way, amen, in life, that have found their way to the foot of the cross. Tell you it's okay to pray where you are, but sometimes, amen, you've got to find an old path. The old path beckons you this morning. The old path is beckoning you this morning. Amen. This is the call, amen, for those to come down to an altar. An old path. Sister Calvin. 